Hi, this is Catherine Elston. I'm the minister at Bethel Maidstone United Church, located in Maidstone, Ontario. This weekly podcast is a way to deepen your spiritual life and connect with our community. As we find ourselves in the midst of another stay-at-home order, I thought it would be interesting to hear reflections on faith, hope, and resiliency from people working on the front lines of this pandemic. In this episode, I speak with Deanna Qualia, an early years teacher and member of our congregation. Children held a special place in the ministry of Jesus. In the Gospel of Matthew, chapter 19, it describes how people were bringing children to Jesus to have him bless them. The disciples discouraged this. Maybe they thought it was beneath Jesus, a distraction or a waste of time. But Jesus corrects them and says, Let the little children come to me, and do not hinder them, for the kingdom of heaven belongs to such as these. Jesus then continues to welcome and bless children. In my discussion with Deanna, you'll hear the ways in which the young children in her class are hopeful, grateful, and able to be present in the moment, all qualities that Christ encourages. Springtime, hot lunch days, a surprise toy— It's the small things that bring so much joy to children, and we all need reminders of the power of celebrating the small things, especially in times of difficulty. Let us open our hearts and minds through prayer. Blessed Rock and Redeemer, we have been welcomed to a new day to marvel at your creation, to sing your praises, to follow in your ways. Come now, O Holy Spirit, to reveal our shortcomings, to revitalize our hearts, to refresh our souls, to allow our thoughts and words to be pleasing to you. In the name of Jesus, our Savior, we pray. Amen. I'm going to begin with what can be kind of a complicated question these days. How are you doing? I am doing quite well, thank you. I am definitely enjoying the lovely weather and just trying to find joy in each day and uh, 
finding um, a lot of peace in nature and just enjoying my students and uh, enjoying my, my time with my family. So overall, I'm doing quite well. Thank you. Good, good. Um, I wondered for the benefit of those listening, if you could just give us your full name, tell me, you know, how many years have you been in teaching and what's, what's your current teaching situation? My name is Deanna Qualia and currently I am teaching early years, that's JK and SK combined for the public school system. And this is my 15th year of teaching and those years have gone by so very quickly. So I am very fortunate to have a wonderful teaching situation and a great team where I work. So, That's awesome, yeah. Of, yeah, lots of blessings in, uh, in my career right now, for sure. So 15 years in teaching and how did you get into this field? Well, I think from the time I was very, very young, I just always wanted to be in the education setting. I was a very studious child and my mom is a teacher, was a teacher. I think when you retire from teaching, it still is with you forever. And I always wanted to be like my mom and I just really saw how much joy she got from it and also the great relationship she had with her students. So I think it was always um, something that I was definitely interested in. And then as I went through school, there was no doubt that that's what I wanted to do. I just wasn't quite sure about the grade level. Uh, seeing my mom with the older students, I know that she was extremely good at dealing with all of the um, teenage aspect of things and the curriculum and all of that. Uh, and I wanted to be part of that, but maybe with a little younger age group. So beautiful that you're inspired by your mom. Yes, indeed. Yes, I know that it was uh, many hours of marking happened at our house in the evening. And I, I saw a lot of the, um, the things that kind of happened behind the scenes. But I also saw the, the great relationship she had with her students. And I came to have the same kind of feeling with my own students, too, and just being able to have those relationships. So yeah, well, I'm sure those relationships have been really different this year. Everything has been unique about this year. So I was wondering about your classroom experience these days. You know, how has the pandemic affected your classroom and teaching experience? Well, it's interesting speaking with other colleagues because being in a very young age group, it's affected those students differently than a student, let's say in the junior, intermediate or the senior years. I definitely feel for the students that are missing out on some of those milestone years, graduations, proms, those kinds of things. Um, but the younger students, they have been really resilient. We definitely have had to approach things differently, a whole revamp of the classroom, seeing students in more of a desk situation rather than all gathered around on the carpet and all playing really closely, that had to change. And so September was challenging. We had a lot of different vocabulary than we normally have. Um, normally we're promoting sharing and being together and collaborating and working closely and making sure that we're helping each other. And then this year, as we started, we had to kind of have a conversation about how we're not really allowed to share toys in the same way. And if something falls on the floor, as much as we want to help that person, we need to leave it and let them clean up their own things. So it was a different approach, but they have really gotten used to things. We have um, definitely had a lot more cleaning to do, a lot more organizing. So just the structure of the classroom was different, but now that they're in such a great routine, I, I feel like they're used to what our new normal is, at least for now. 
and um, and students are are doing well. I think they've adapted really well, and I'm really proud of them. I think as somebody as a parent of of a child who is in the in SK, um, I can see that a lot of the challenges and grief would be around parents like I feel sad that she's not going to graduate from kindergarten and things like that but she's not sad about it right yes exactly I know I think the adults were the ones most affected when we were setting up we looked around and, and we're kind of lamenting about oh the drama center would normally go here and now we have it set up like this and it, it just looked so different but it has worked out okay and really as far as planning there's still a lot of joy the teaching part of things is still um, a fun experience the students are learning they have big smiles on their faces i still have lots of fun fun stories to share with them and they still love having a great relationship with us it's just different but right. we have adapted mm -hmm. and so have so so many people in this pandemic i feel like everybody sure. has had to to shift and adapt throughout um, as a teacher, I'm wondering what are some of the concerns or particular challenges this third wave presents? I think the main thing is just that uncertainty and just that bit of anxiety we carry each day as we go out the door, just wondering if things are going to continue on status quo, wondering if things are going to suddenly be having to change rapidly. Yeah, um, and that was like Toronto, right? Toronto mm -hmm. and Peel, who just seemed like in a day or two went to online. Yes, I think we all kind of started off with the assumption that, well, if they're going to change, it would be at least a week's notice, right? And that was not the case. And then we thought, well, at least we'd have a few days notice, right? And then it became, oh, well, hopefully we would at least have 24 hours notice. So I think it's just that time crunch where we're trying to plan and not feel like we're really left unprepared. So thinking ahead to what we're going to be doing with our students, making sure we all have what we need at our respective homes in case we have to pivot and, uh, and change rapidly. So that's the big thing. And just trying to make sure everyone is safe. And, and that's the main thing with the students too. We want them to have fun and be having a positive experience, but safety is at the top of our priority list this year for sure. And I'm sure both of those concerns about safety and about the uncertainty, uh, that takes a mental toll. Like this isn't, you know, a short term thing where now we're past the year mark and that those concerns have been on teachers every day for a long time now. For sure. We try not to carry it into the classroom. We do have our, our little chats with our adults during breaks and just kind of vent some of our concerns a bit so that we as the adults are absorbing as much as we can so that it's not being projected onto students because they're, they're so young and they're so just content with the way things are. Anything that we do, they're, you know, they might have a question about, well, how come we're not doing it like this? Last year we did it a certain way. Um, but it's more the SKs. The JKs have not really had anything different to compare it with. And I think the SKs have started to really realize that this is just how it is. And if they want to chat with us about certain things, then we're here for them. But for the most part, um, yes, the adults are, are trying hard to absorb things so that we don't have it carry over into our classroom setting. Yeah, for sure. Um, and that makes me ask the next question, which is, you know, how do you feel the children in your class are processing this experience? Occasionally they mention things that they miss doing, 
Um, they'll say things like, I miss going over to grandma's house or I miss sleepovers or they'll kind of start a sentence with, well, after the sickness is over, we are going to, and it kind of leads on to dot, 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 or, you know, camping or vacations or all those things. You can tell they're talking about it at home, but it's not something they dwell on for very long, which is good. So I think they do feel a bit of a sense of missing things, but then they move on and, uh, and we try to keep things as normal as possible. And, uh, and the things that they do miss, we try to replace with other things and we really pump it up as, you know, you're in big school, you're big kids, we get to do all these other activities. Yes, it's a bit different than last year, but we can handle it. And uh, we have a, a lot of conversations about staying positive and just doing the best with what we can do and having a growth mindset and just trying to focus on the, the here and now and making sure that we're just making the best of it. Um, I have a soon to be two year, two year old and one of her favorite words is mask. And I just <laughs> yeah. think, you know, this was not in a child's vocabulary no. like two years ago. <laughs> oh, no kidding. I mean, we've always talked about making sure we wash our hands and sneezing or coughing into our arms. But now we have very, very formal conversations about why we need to do that and making sure that we're doing these things regularly and the words hand sanitizer and mask have never been in our vocabulary at school. So it's, uh, yeah, there are definitely some new words that have been introduced at an age that we would rather not have to, but. But it really sounds are. like you're, you're not letting that dominate the classroom experience that you're really trying to, you know, keep it safe, but also keep it positive and uh, joyful. Oh, absolutely. They definitely have smiles on their faces. We have a great time together. So we, we try to make the most of it, but um, I do, I hope for their sake too, that they are able to just get back to doing some things this summer, being outside and just getting back to that level that we were at, even just so they can have some outdoor visits with friends and with family members, because that social aspect of things, especially at this really young age level is really important. So that's something that uh, is necessary and it's hard to replace, but I hope that they will be able to get on those play dates and have all those fun childhood experiences very soon. Mm -hmm. Yeah. Have there been any surprises for you as you've gone through this roller coaster school year? You know what? I've, I've been trying to not uh, just expect that things are going to be unexpected, I guess, is the best way that you could Good. look at it. <laughs> things that I would have thought, like I said, that I, I would have expected would have perhaps been um, a normal time span have, have not been. So there have been surprises as far as the timeliness of things when it came to announcements. But um, I think for the most part, things have been pretty organized, if I can use that word in the mm -hmm. school system. Um, we have a lot of really good routines in place. And I'm pleasantly surprised with how well the students have adapted to that. At the beginning of the school year, when we were trying to just think in our brains, okay, how are we going to get all these students through the hand washing, the sanitizing, the getting ready for snacks, the distancing, all those things? How, like, how are we going to do it? it was kind of mind boggling, but seeing it come together, seeing it in action, it has pleasantly surprised me that things are working. It is so, incredible how good. adaptable kids are, right? And even for adults, like these things have become habits that at first were really alarming, like, like wearing masks. 
Oh, absolutely. I remember last year around this time before masks were mandatory, I was in the grocery store and people had on masks, lots didn't, but I thought, oh my goodness, look at these people wearing masks. They're so worried about things. Why are they needing to wear masks? And that was kind of at the time where they were saying, um, you can, or you don't have to, and we're not really sure if they're helpful or not. And now here we are, where it's just a given that that's something that is recommended. So we do it. Yeah. And I, I like that you've kind of approached the year as, uh, you know, nothing can surprise you because <laughs> everything is unexpected and expect the unexpected. That's good. Exactly. Um, yeah. Well, in the midst of all of that turmoil and all of these unexpected uh, shifts in your, your work landscape, I'm wondering, you know, what gives you hope? And maybe you could tell me in general or specifically when it comes to teaching, what gives you hope? Well, definitely seeing the positive, finding sense of humor in things. We have a lot of laughs during the day. Um, the things that students say are so innocent, but also just so cute sometimes. I always have stories of things that are said during the day that are just... Yeah, any examples? Innocent. Well, I, I mean, there are a few little friends that they just always have cute things to tell about their pets at home, about, you know, foods they've eaten. I have a few students that they just are in love with hot lunch days. They're, you know, on days <laughs> that we have a hot lunch, it's like Christmas morning for them when they come to school. And they just, so they're so excited by these things. Um, even things, you know, if we've changed their bins around and their toys and, and seeing them play with things, I'd put a whole bunch of Easter things and eggs and bunnies and things like that in their bins. And just hearing them talk about, oh, I got a bunny. Oh, I got a chick. Oh my goodness. Like it was like the best thing ever. So they were so funny just hearing their conversation and hearing how those little things are so meaningful to them and then seeing them use them and, uh, you know, count with them and, and do some turn-taking activities. And they were playing together, but apart and they can still hear each other in chat. So they were having a nice social time and so those kinds of things definitely give me hope because it seems like they're having a good time. They're still learning. Um, they're enjoying the world around them. We talk a lot about animals, nature, and things like that. So seeing the beauty of springtime definitely gives me hope. Hearing students talk about all the things that they are looking forward to gives me hope. And having um, just a great team that I work with has definitely been a lot of help for this too. And, and having family support has been a tremendous support too. So we are, we are finding hope in the midst of this for sure. Yeah. And what a great, kids are such a great reminder of being present and being grateful. Like that example of, um, you know, the Easter surprises in their bins, like it's the small things. I think all of us have realized it's the small things that we need to be grateful for and find hope and joy in, in the midst of this pandemic. Absolutely. You're also a member of our congregation. And I was wondering about your faith in the midst of this challenging time. You know, how does your faith as, inform your work as a teacher or maybe sustain you through this stressful period? It definitely helps a whole lot. Uh, each day on my way to school, I say a little prayer of gratitude, but also just for that guidance to help me do the best I can and be a positive influence. And that also helps to center me and have a positive frame of mind as I start my day and focus on the priorities. So the power of prayer is very helpful. 
And uh, I have a colleague on staff that I've gotten to know a bit this year too. And he is a very spiritual person. And he was chatting with me just about some of his thoughts of things. And we have a very similar mindset. So chatting with others that are equally just looking for the positive, not wanting to dwell on things that could really get a person down. Um, that's been a lot of help as well. So I think those of us that do have a good uh, church life, spiritual life, uh, religious life, that is something that um, that has been a tremendous amount of help and just seeing the beauty of nature and knowing that it's in, you know, part of the seasonal change and, and part of what, uh, what gifts we have has been, have been very helpful as well. Yeah. And I hope that, you know, um, that your church community prays for you and sustains you in prayer as well, as we pray for all of our like frontline workers who are out there providing essential services like teachers. Absolutely. Yes. We feel the love and, and listening to the podcast from you each week. Um, that's been really helpful. That's been, as you know, a really nice routine that my mom and I have gotten into still having our Sunday service in a little different setting, but uh, it's still really important to hear the message. And yeah, sh words. share your routine. It <laughs> sounds lovely. Tell us about it. Well, when the weather was starting to get really nice, that was our Sunday afternoon outing was going for a drive and listening to the podcast through the speakers of the car while we were sometimes enjoying a beverage from Starbucks, sometimes enjoying a sandwich and uh, looking out at the beautiful marina and uh, sometimes the water at the park. So we had a nice setting while we were listening to your words, Catherine. So it was a very, <laughs> a very nice uh, experience for sure. And that was a really nice routine for my mom and I. I mean, church has always been important. We always had our routine with going to church, coffee hour, and then often a lunch afterwards. It seems like food is very closely tied into some of these things, but we've adapted our own Sunday routine and it's been really nice to have that time together and, and also to keep in touch with our church family. Well, it's been really nice to have this time together with you, Deanna. We are so blessed by your presence in our congregation and your work with children um, in our community. So thank you for all that you do. Thank you for sharing your thoughts and reflections today and God's blessing upon you as you continue uh, in your ministry to young children. Oh, it's my pleasure. Thank you so much for having me today. I'd like to offer a special prayer for teachers, children, and their families. Let us pray. Bless our children and grandchildren, O Lord. May those in classrooms and those learning online remain safe, curious, and joyful, growing in wisdom day by day. Bless parents and caregivers, O Lord. 
Grant them wisdom and grace as they navigate uncertainty and challenging schedules. Bless our teachers, O Lord. Renew in them their love of learning and instruction. Strengthen and encourage them in their work. Bless our educational leaders and support staff, O Lord, including elected officials, administrators, secretaries, custodians, and more. Guide them in their daily tasks and decision-making so that they may foster environments of learning, safety, and respect. In this Easter season, a springtime season of hope and new life, remember your children of every age, O Lord, and hear our prayers. Amen. Thank you for listening. You can support this podcast by rating and reviewing it, sharing it with friends, donating to the church, and praying for this ministry. A special thank you to Deanna for sharing her thoughts and reflections with us. Join us next time as we continue our series, Faith on the Front Lines. Until then, may God bless you and keep you. Amen. Amen.